Welcome to All Things Beer, a Pat's Pints Mark's Mugs podcast. I'm Pat Woodward. And I'm Mark Richards. Each month, we are joined by brewers, enthusiasts, and friends to explore the techniques, the culture, and the history of mankind's best invention. So grab a beer and join us as we discover a world of all things beer. All right, Pat, here we are. We're back, baby. We're back. Back, back for, for the, the attack. attack. Back in the saddle again. Here we are. Back and on a November episode, a mild ale episode, exploring English mild ales, getting into those. We've got an award-winning brewer from the Racino just outside of Columbus on Route 23, and that is from Brews Brothers, Ryan Torres. Fantastic brewer. His mild ale is just stacking up medals left and right. And then also today, we're going to go out to Thunderwing, the new brewery, just opened by Jason Wing, who is just getting his wing spread. Out there on the west side, he took over the Sideswipe Brewing Company, and it's making beers out there, so he's also making an English mild. Now, Pat, Thunderwing actually has an award of their own for another beer, which is amazing considering how new they are. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect a brewery that opened three weeks ago to have already won a medal. But they did collect a medal, a bronze medal, in the Ohio Craft Brewers Cup this year for their Life Sight Pale Ale, which we just tried when we were out there. Oh, yeah. And man, this is going to be a great listen with him. This is uh, unusual to go this in-depth on Miles, but it is great that we have some here local to us, Pat. I have two great examples on the show that you're about to listen to. But, Pat, going back in time, let's think back to the age of Porter, when Porter was the thing in the UK. And then then we got into this old ale, mild ale. I mean, tell the listeners a little bit about how that went down. Let's go back to George Washington's time. Okay. All right. So we're talking the 18th century. Is he a boy in Barbados or is he president yet? <laughs> Uh, either, either. Okay. We can, we can go okay. with either. I went to his boyhood home in yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbados. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, Alexander Hamilton has this connection to the Caribbean too, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Wow. But if we go back to those times, to the 18th century, porter was the dominant style. In the UK, they brewed porter on massive scales. In fact, as I think we touched on on an earlier episode, there was actually a time when one of the vats of porter broke, and it created a flood so bad that it killed people. I know, yeah. yeah. What does it mean to be mild? Born to be mild? I mean, the you're classics, kind of mild, Pat. I, I am you're kind mild-mannered mild. fellow. Yeah, I, I, I will own that. What that meant, though, was porter was a blend of young beer and older beer that had been aged in a wooden vat. Could have been partially soured, would you say, Pat, from Pro- some bugs? Maybe a little lacto or, or bread? Mm-hmm. I would think so. I would think that it would have a little bit of funky character and maybe a little bit sour. And then this is where the mild comes in. So what mild meant was this is beer that has not been aged. This is young beer. Okay. And so basically that was the distinction. And for a long time, Porter was king. But there was a point in, you know, sometime around late 19th century to maybe the early 20th century where mild became the dominant beer. In okay, yeah. Now, we just did an episode, of course, the last episode on bitters, and so the question becomes, what's the difference between a mild and a bitter? I I think the difference would be that the bitter is a little more hoppy. 
Oh, I would agree. And, you know, nowadays, uh, also the color is a distinction. So Mm -hmm. back in those days, you know, we go back to the, let's say, the 19th century, mild would have been amber colored. Actually, not unlike the mild that we had out at Thunderwing today. But it became darker and darker. And in fact, if you look at the BJCP guidelines, it would be called a dark mild. And so in the 20th century, it became darker. So it had, you know, more roasted malts in it. You know, mild was the dominant beer in England in, let's say, the first part of the 20th century. But then at some point in the second half of the 20th century, it became superseded by bitter. You know, and mild kind of became the beer of the old stodgy people. Until you get to us, which are just old and not so stodgy. <laughs> we, are, we are definitely old, and uh, the jury's out on the stodginess. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and these days, in the modern UK scene, I would say that Mild has had a revival. When I was over there for my sabbatical, I wrote a few things about Milds, and you know, there are some people saying, hey, I think lots of breweries have Milds. Yeah, now. that's cool. You know, one fan of Milds, I think that we can say, is Robert Plant. Yeah, right? Right. Did you read about that? I did read that article you forwarded to me, Pat. That was a great article on Miles. As some people might know, Robert Plant's son founded a brewery that has become a big brewery in the UK. Yeah, London. what's the name of it? I think that's Beavertown. Okay. That became a big brewery, and there was a story we were reading, and yeah. the, the writer had been at the launch of Beavertown Brewery. Oh, cool. And they were talking to Robert Plant. He was complaining there's not enough Miles out there. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, we might want to cut to the interviews. Let's do it. So here we are. Uh, We're down in the studio this month at the All Things Beer Studio in Clintonville, Columbus, Ohio. And we are now joined. He just came in. Ryan Torres from Brew Brothers out at the Scioto Downs Racino in Brew Brothers is a microbrewery attached to the casino out Route 23. They also have horse racing where they tow the trailer and all that stuff, right? Harness racing. Yep, yep. And while we're talking about English Miles, we thought, what a better person to school us on them as we are now drinking an English Mile. What's this English Mile called, by the way? Does it have a name? Yes, that's Toasty, our Toasty. That's a good name for it. This beer has won a GABF. Would it be just the British ales category in the GABF? It changes a little bit year to year. I think the past few years, it's been um, English mild and bitter combined as one category. Okay, I could see that. Uh, probably not a ton of entries in that category, what with them not being hazy or IPAs. <laughs> and, no. and he's gotten a uh, bronze medal at the 2021 GABF and then a silver medal at the 2023 Great American Beer Festival. Now, also, you won the Alpha King Challenge in 2021. That was for the Big Dog IPA. Boy, I'll bet that was a tough competition anyway. Yeah, IPA a little harder than English Mild most days, I think. A few more people out there trying to make entries there. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. Thanks for having me. We are really happy to be drinking you know, what might be arguably one of the best dark miles that you can find on this side of the Atlantic. And we just happen to have it here in our hometown. And we've been wanting to get you on for a while. You know, as long as it's the best one in the basement, we're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an easy one. I tried to hit a couple beer stores today. And yeah, good luck. You're not getting an English mild over here that wasn't fresh brewed. To the layperson who hasn't memorized all of the categories in a BJCP, how would you describe what an English mild is? 
in a completely non-BJCP approved description, I'd just say generally we're talking about low alcohol brown beers. For me, somewhere in the like three to 4% range, it could be something that's lighter like a Newcastle brown ale, or it could be something like we're drinking here, which looks a little more like a porter in the glass than a Newcastle. It could be, you know, caramelly, toasty, chocolatey, a little roasty, all those things are okay. Well, it's a very tasty beer, no doubt. And what I like about this one is it leans a little bit more into the toast and it's not as roasty as some of the Mm -hmm. English miles that you can get here stateside. With this beer and pretty much all the beers we make, the main goal I have is drinkability. It's, you know, if I want to drink five of them, too much roast just gets in the way. It gets a little heavy on the palate. So try to keep it as drinkable as possible. No, it's quite drinkable. Is it a popular beer out at the Racino? I'd say yes. I mean, it, it doesn't sell like IPA, but for us, this is our like year round dark beer pretty much. So if somebody's coming in and they want a stout or a porter or they're a Guinness drinker, we get quite a few Guinness drinkers in. This is the option we always have for them. Usually, especially this time of year, we'll have a couple more options, but this is a consistent for us year round. What is ABV on this beer? 3%. Wow. Perfect. That's nice. Yeah, really nice. It might be kind of interesting to talk about deciding to enter the GABF and what kind of hoops you might jump through to do that. And then what kind of feedback you get when you get your beers back. So, I mean, as far as deciding to do it, um, it just seemed like, you know, one of those things you do. We enter some other competitions as well. Getting blind feedback is always nice. Not that you get a ton of feedback from GABF or really any competition. We've been open since 2015. We've been sending beers to competitions, GABF included, since 2015. And you're sending a lot of the same beers. So if you're seeing the same thing year after year, we sort of find that feedback useful. Uh, And it could be an indicator that, especially between competitions, if you're seeing the same sort of feedback, that you know, you want to change something or you don't want to change something. And as far as the like barriers to entry, uh, you just really got to give them some money and they're happy to take the beer that you send them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fill out those forms. Uh, so that's not too complicated okay. Okay. on that end. Yeah. Well, does the OCBA still do something in terms of organizing shipments and things like that? Because definitely Ohio, I would say, punches above its weight for a state that's so far away yeah. from Colorado. Yes. So OCBA still does arrange refrigerated shipping. For all the members, we usually try to take advantage of that. We did this year. Uh, We try to fill bottles at the absolute last minute, and we try to brew at the absolute last minute. So sometimes we miss that window a little bit, and we're overnighting it at the end of the week. Um, But yeah, we do do try to take advantage of that. Okay. Well, we had a hard time finding any commercial examples that weren't brewed locally. Now, locally to us, of course, we're going to get out to talk to Jason at Thunderwing later in this episode. But also we were able to find, and we have it quite a bit, the Leatherman, I believe it's called, down here at Derive. And that's a very good mild as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for them, they're out there, but you got to hunt them down. You do have to look a little bit, but fortunately, you know, you can find them. Yeah. Let's talk about another thing that's a difference, I would say, between the way beers are served in the U.S. and the way they might be served in a pub. Think about the mild one with pretty low carbonation mm-hmm. and what we're drinking now, which is in insulated growler that you brought over, tastes just about right to me. If I went out to the Racino and get it, do you have any way to make the carbonation any different than it would be on your IPA? I mean, a lot of our beers are in the same range of carbonation, but we can individually control the carbonation in every tap in the pub. So this beer, I mean, right now and almost always is at the low end of what we're pouring okay. carbonation wise. We're not at that maybe quite as low. I think our customer still wants a little more carbonation sure. than I probably would. Given my preference, it would be a little lower carb and a little warmer. Sure. But I think we're doing a nice job of service on that beer. Part of the reason why you want the temperature a little warmer and the carbonation down a little bit is just to get that rich malt character out, right? 
And this beer has a lot of malt character for 3%, and it's just beautiful. What would you say to, uh, let's say, somebody who might be homebrewing a mild? How should they approach the grist and any other tips you might give them? If you're like looking at mild or English bitters or any of those sorts of beers, I think a lot of times you see things that are like refer to those beers as pretty simple to brew or like simple malt bills and those sorts of things. We take an approach that's sort of the exact opposite of that. This beer, maybe not quite the most, but has very close to the most number of malts we use in any beer. We like to keep the attenuation very low on this beer. We're in the like 57 to 58% attenuation on this beer. So we start between like 10.3 and 10.5 Play-Doh. And then we're going to finish in the mid fours, usually 4.4 or 4.5. Very low attenuation. It doesn't come across sweet. But it comes across nicely in the body for sure. Yeah, it keeps the body and it keeps it malty. We've got enough bitterness to balance it, but it's not hoppy. And, you know, this beer is more than 50% what I would call specialty malt. Okay. So that's really what we're looking at to keep that body and that malt richness in the beer. Yeah, it shows in the head, too. I mean, it's got a, almost a tan head and it has some staying power. It's great. Really dark beer. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's rich. Love it. Well, it makes sense, I think, in a low ABV beer, in a session beer, mm-hmm. to keep the attenuation low, mm-hmm. you know, so it has some of that body still to mm-hmm. it. Is that just in the choice of yeast, or is it something you do in terms of the way you do the fermentation? Fermentation's pretty standard for us for an English beer. We like to use White Labs 002, I think, generically Everybody refers to that as Fuller's, so why use 1968? This beer ferments in about three days. We pitch it at 64 degrees and let it go to 68. I mean, if we wanted to drink it, it's ready in about five days. Okay. So fermentation for that beer is pretty straightforward. We're using more malt than we need for a 3% beer, and then we're sparging into the kettle, and we'll get about 70% of the volume we need in the kettle out of the mash tun, and then we'll stop sparging and we'll add water back into the kettle for that extra 30% to sort of Again, in that same mission of increasing the malt character. And then really the choice of malts that more than 50% specialty malt. We're using a few crystal malts, a lot of aromatic malt, and some golden naked oats, as well as a little chocolate and roast. That's really what's keeping the attenuation down, just that amount of specialty malt. And the base malt? We're using Maris Otter. Okay. So all of the malts in this beer are from the UK. We use uh, Crisp and Simpsons mostly. Although this was a silver medalist in Mm -hmm. this latest GABF, I think I'm correct in saying that the gold and the bronze were both uh, bitters. Mm -hmm. And so if there was a category just for milds, this would be the winner. And and I also look back at the GABF as long as this category has existed in this form, which isn't that many years. Mm. And this is the only repeat beer amongst those. So I think you can make a good argument that you're not going to find a better dark mild anywhere in the U.S. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, what got you into brewing? I'd assume you started as a home brewer, like a lot of us. Mm -hmm. I was a home brewer. Started brewing at home with a bunch of friends, making a mess. Okay. Probably got a little too into it and was probably brewing four or five times a week for wow for for, uh twice twice on saturday and sunday and (laughs) once in the once in the week honing your skills uh yeah you know what else did you have to do Uh, a lot of home brewing started working at barley's here in columbus okay with angelo he was great and sharing all the knowledge he has great guy yep yeah that would be a great place to get your start and of course they make a lot of great british styles there i mean historically and they have for a long time right Mm -hmm. what are the other beers on offer at brew brothers like mark said we're a brew pub so we're trying to do a little bit of everything for most people. Our main staple beers are a Kolsch, uh, dry hopped American Amber Ale, the aforementioned Big Dog IPA, and then this English Mild. That would make up the four beers that we have pretty much year round. And then we're sort of rotating through the seasonals. We're always trying to keep a lager. I'm a big fan of sour beers, so we generally try to have one of those around most of the time. And then, you know, whatever strikes our fancy. Okay. I like that there's only one IPA in the mix on that. 
I like that there are zero hazy IPAs because a lot of tap rooms these days, you go and you might have one Pilsner and nine IPAs, you mm-hmm. know, and it's good to know you've got some variety, some more multi beers and and not just a bunch of hazy IPAs. Yeah. I mean, we sell a fair amount of IPA, but my preference is one very fresh IPA over five not so fresh IPAs. Yeah, so sure. For us, we just don't have the clientele to consume that much IPA. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's a good philosophy. You know, going back to this Alpha King challenge, you know, I was looking today while we we're getting ready for the show at some of the past winners of that. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty recognizable names on that. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the very first winner would have been Bells with Two Hearted mm-hmm. IPA. And you'd find uh, Pliny the Elder, uh, Vinny mm-hmm. Chilurzo is on the list. So mm-hmm. it's pretty nice yeah. to be on that list. And you were the winner out of, it says that they cap it at 150. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they get to 150 every year. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Good ranks. Yeah. I mean, it was very nice to win that award. I like IPA. I drink a lot of IPA. And I think we put our own twist on it. Just nice to have recognition for that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Now, do you wear that hat to work every day? Uh, No. Only. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Only on Friday. Pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. The hop hat. That's pretty neat. Kind of looks like a crown with with a hop in it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could do weddings with that if it came to us. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a bishop's hat, kind of. Somebody reaches out. I'm happy to do it. (laughs) <laughs> now, what is the clientele like at Brew Brothers? Because there's not that many breweries, at least that I know of, that are located in a racino. They're very poor because they just lost all their money <laughs> in the slot machines, I'm sure. Every time I've played in a slot machine, it's like, well, there went 20. Now go, go get a mild. <laughs> we are a brew pub in a casino. I think of us more overall as a as a brewery on the south side of Columbus, there's not yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. The south side of Columbus and south of there. Yeah. And we're a, a very nice full service restaurant. We serve some food that's a lot different than what you can find in the area, I think, uh-huh. quality wise and style wise. So we're serving both the like local south side clientele as well as the Racino customers. And then that whole surrounding southern area, we get a lot of people coming up. Yeah. So we have a nice all the time audience because of the casino. And then a lot of people who are just coming in to have dinner and then people are coming for, you know, just a pint after work or whatever. So I think we get a nice mix of clientele. I would say compared to a lot of breweries, most of our customers don't see us as a craft beer destination. They see us as a place they can come have dinner and they can get a great beer while they're there. Yeah. Which is a little bit of a different spot than most places. Yeah. Uh, My brother and I went out and had a really good meal and a few beers and we we went back and watched the horses race, but we weren't. We had no bets place. Mm-hmm. We got the sheet and we we're watching them come in, but that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been there in a long time. Well, it is true that when you go on the south side of Columbus and actually all the way down to the Ohio River, that's not a lot of breweries down there. I mean, I guess the closest no. brewery would be Grove City Brewing, maybe. Yeah, Grove yeah. City is definitely the closest to us. And there's a few other ones. I mean, I guess Combustion is sort of south and Loose Rail is down there, and there's a few others, yeah. but it's pretty, pretty sparse. Right. I'm surprised on Route 23, there's no like brewery connection. Like, there's nothing in Circleville, Waverly. Like, there's a oh, lot yeah. of towns that are substantial enough you would think to have a small brewery in. I don't know about one in yeah. Circleville. I mean, there's one in Jackson, which is a ways yeah. from us. There's yeah. six cents in uh, Jackson, that's which, real is, far. which is a, then, a cool brewery, but yeah. it's a long way to go. Have you been there, Pat? I've heard good things. I have been there. Yeah. It's, okay, I, cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. They're known for making great hoppy beers. Oh, right on. No hazy, so, right? No comment. Uh, don't piss me off this episode right can you tell i don't like hazy ipas i share your your feelings on the situation actually when they're good they're good and when they're fresh they're good and Uh and if they're good they're good and i do like hops but but i would say god this overexposure of it's like jesus enough of these fucking hazies i would say generally speaking if they're good they're not a good hazy ipa there you go see you heard it from the source alpha king winner so 
Step your game up, people. Get those findings back out. <laughs> it doesn't need to be clear. Just, you know, I, I like bitterness. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's all. You know. A little translucency is okay. Yeah. But I do like to be able to see light that can pass through a golden yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> One other question. Does any of the beer at Brew Brothers go outside? I mean, do you guys have kegs that go out or anything like that? Or not so much? Not so much. I mean, we do events around locally occasionally we'll be in cleveland or cincinnati for an event and then only if somebody asks will we do a little draft at a bar or something i mean it's two of us in the brewery uh okay. so if somebody wants a keg i'm making an invoice and doing a delivery and <laughs> it's, it's not high on my list usually yeah, sure. yeah that's enough. cool we throw it on here and, well, yeah. <laughs> we'd take a mile but, uh, yeah yeah during the summer when racing is happening and everything is busy we're making about as much beer as we can make just to fill the taps in the racino and out at the horse track so it keeps cool. us pretty busy well i just bought some land today so I'm going to do a home brewing out there, mm-hmm. which I haven't done in years. But I think English Mild, that would be a good home beer staple, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be a good one to have Low around. ABV, just always have it. Yeah. So flavorful. Well, do you have any more questions or anything we didn't Not get really. to? That we, I mean, if, favorite uh, band? What's your favorite band, Ryan? That's, Music, rock band. That's tough. That's you tough. listen to rock and roll? I do, do. I do listen to rock and roll. That's uh, Scorpions. I'm Judas Priest. Just to show you what, Scorpions what you're Judas, up against. Scorpions, Judas Priest. I only have two, I have two Judas Priest I mean, tattoos. I mean, I, I have no problem with either of those things. Yeah. But if you gave me a, a long list, I don't know if I would have picked those two. Okay. Um, we will hold it against you. Oh, i got a question. All right. So I remember you were talking to me at a homebrew club meeting some time ago. I think you were planning a trip to Japan. Mm-hmm. And I had written a Pat's Pints blog post about going to Japan and, and looking yeah. for craft beer. Mm-hmm. And, and you commented on it. So I'm just wondering, is Brew Brothers big in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> Michael uh, Shaker is, yeah. <laughs> Brew Brothers, surprisingly, not very big in Japan. <laughs> I think there's an opening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be. Some would say craft beer, not very big in Japan, depending on where you are. But it's yeah. a niche, yeah, it's for a, sure. Yeah. It's, it's a niche. All right, Although Pat. I will I will say in Japan, where they do have craft beer, it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And generally a pretty western seeming vibe yes, yeah. where there's craft beer. Okay. I was in a we'll, we'll go on a tangent. I think one night my wife was tired. I was like out walking around and I just happened in an alley to pass a little brew pub. And I go in and it's a bunch of uh guys probably in their like late twenties, early thirties. I think they all worked there. I don't think there were any customers inside. And there were like four bar stools. So I sat down and they were like watching the NBA. And then they start talking to the guy and he went to Ohio State. Wow. Uh, so it's <laughs> small world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Pat bought you a little time there. Favorite band. Ooh, favorite band. Okay. Hmm. This is right. <laughs> unexpected. Well, unexpected, but it's also, you know, it's, it's an important it's answer. Yes. Mm. I think I don't listen to a ton of classic rock anymore, but. I think Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band is like oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's like a real sweet spot. You can't for go me. wrong there. No, yeah, classic. Okay. It's like it's the amber ales of classic rock. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's oh, great. Yeah. You yeah. don't look that dissimilar from Bob Seger either. So see, this is this is just <laughs> filling yeah. out. Yeah, it's all good. I heard uh, Bob Seger on the radio a couple weeks back. It was this uh, "Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me," which is an NPR quiz show. Okay, mm-hmm. and he was a special guest, and they were asking him to tell some story about what it was like when he moved from Michigan to LA and he was a rock star and everything. And yeah. the story he chose to tell was about when he got cable TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was kind of new in the late seventies. Yeah. I don't know if that says what kind of rock star Bob Seger was that he was talking about cable TV. Cable watching rock star. <laughs> yeah. We had cube here in Columbus. We had three c- columns. He had P pay C community and T television. You chunk chunk. <laughs> 
And and that was the way that worked. And if you want to watch dirty movies, P10, if you didn't want your parents to find out, you could put a paper clip in the third hole if you pried the box apart. We had all kinds of secret, yeah, secret ways to hack stuff in the 70s. Well, I can remember as a youngster in Idaho when we got our third TV channel. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Wow. What was that, 1952? 1977, I would say. Oh, man. We, got, was, we finally got ABC. That was the year of the first yeah, potato yeah. grown, too, out in Idaho. <laughs> what a coincidence. We could go on in this vein, but maybe this would be a good time to thank you once again for coming on, Ryan. And sharing you. this very tasty session beer. I'm so glad that we got a chance to, to drink it tonight. It's yeah. delicious. I see why it would win an award. Glad you two. guys enjoyed. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for coming on. Pat, I think we're going to jump in the car and head off to Thunder Wing. Yes, we are. All right. Cheers. All right. That's good. Turkey got a gobble, got a gobble, got a gobble. Got a gobble turkey on the holidays. But Ham gets jealous and go ahead and gobble. You can't beat my honey glaze. All right. Well, that was a pretty easy drive. Here we are over at the Thunder Wing Brewing, the new brewery out here on the west side. Yeah. And we are joined this afternoon by Jason Wing, owner, brewer. And we wanted to come out here and learn a little bit about Thunder Wing and also try your dark mild. That's great. No, thanks for coming out, guys. We're excited about all of our beers here, especially about the dark mild. Well, one of the things that impressed me about the beer menu here is that you got a lot of variety on the menu board. And you also got a lot of styles that, you know, not every brewery carries. So that's exciting, I think. Yeah, no, thanks for noticing that. It was very intentional. And we have a variety of beer drinkers that come in. We have some people that just want the IPA every day. But then we have others that come in and and they're a little more curious. They see some titles that they hadn't seen before and they ask what is that? And then it starts a nice craft beer conversation. And the Dark Mild is one of those that people are asking, what is that? I haven't seen it around town. Yeah. Uh, let me, could I try a sample? And then, you know, good news from there. Oh, yeah, it's great. And the low alcohol percentage, always good, as we've discussed earlier in the show. Love an English Mild. So this is great. This is perfect session beer. It's nice to have a session with you. Now, this one is called Far Shores, right? And it clocks in at 3.8%. Is this a beer you made when you were a home brewer, and how did this come to the tap? This was a beer that I made as a home brewer. I probably made it four or five years ago, and it wasn't exactly a beer that I just consistently made over time, but I always liked the style. When I was putting together the initial draft list, I felt like with us being a, a fall opening brewery, to have a couple dark beers on would be fitting with the dark mild being low alcohol, easy drinker, very approachable for people that if they like dark beer, they'll probably be comfortable with it. If they're not a big fan of it, it's easier for them to get into this versus the stout or some other darker type of beer. Yeah. You know, when we were talking with Ryan earlier in the episode, he was also saying that the mild is kind of like their everyday dark beer and that lower ABV profile, I think, makes it more accessible to people. Absolutely. I treat the dark mild as the refreshing dark beer. Usually you think of a lighter lager to be the refreshing type of beer. This is the refreshing dark beer. So this is, you know, for the fall and for people that are just into a little more caramel, a little more chocolate Mm -hmm. in their taste profile. Oh, yeah. Any time of the year is good for a mild, but especially autumn. It's got a nice copper color. 
Brilliant clarity. Zero haze, Pat. Zero haze on this one. Hallelujah. Mark approved. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's delicious. It's very nicely balanced, so... Thank you. I know Ryan Torres is stacking up those medals. Maybe one of these upcoming competitions, you could do the same. Yeah. Um, this is one that we're going to rebrew. We didn't know how this would do before we opened, but we're pleasantly surprised that a lot of people are gravitating toward it. It's also one that we could maybe do some variants on, you know, add some additional things in, you yeah. know, play it up, have a little fun with it. Uh huh. And then Pat was telling me that this was for your opening weekend, the number three beer in the tap room, which is great. And the other two had the letters IPA attached to it, which is normally the case. But that's great that this is the third top seller. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. People really came out and and wanted to try something that they weren't too familiar with. And, you know, if we want to try to get this one up into that top one or two, maybe we'll make a hazy dark mild. Oh, boy. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Get that out of here. (laughs) Now, tell us a little bit about the malts and what you're going for on this beer. This beer showcases dark crystal malt and brown malt. And then it has some chocolate malt in it as well of the five malts that are in it. Those are the three that, you know, come out in the flavor profile. You should taste some chocolate notes, some caramel notes, some like general malty sweetness. But all of that should be at a low to medium level. Sometimes when we say there's caramel or there's chocolate, people can kind of, their mind can go to a candy bar or yeah, like goes something. goes to sweetness. goes to mat, big sweetness um, mm-hmm. where where this one, those notes are there. You can tell they're there, but they're kind of just right for the level of the beer. No, I think it has a really nice balance. You know, sometimes when you have a dark mild, it'll be a bit roasty and that's permissible. And some dark milds are a little bit roasty, but... For me, then, that kind of takes a little bit into porter territory, and so I like the fact that that's quite restrained here. Thanks for mentioning that. You can get into the English porter style. You can get into the English brown style. Each style is its own, but we just we really like this dark mild. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about how life has been now that you've been open here at Thunderwing, and for people who haven't been out here, maybe what they might expect. Life is good. We are open Thursday through Sunday. And we've been having you know, good, solid crowds out. We just had a Halloween party on Friday with the costume contest. That was good. We're trying to consistently have food trucks every Friday and Saturday, as well as sometimes some other days. And we're trying to have events as well. For the listeners out there, maybe tell them a little bit about some of the other beers that they might want to sample when they come in. Maybe some that you think set you apart from other breweries in town. Yeah, come in and get the strong ale. Yeah. I've had that one. It's excellent. Try I, that. I like yeah. that one a lot. It's kind of in the vein, would you say, of an arrogant bastard, kind of? It is maybe in the shadow of an arrogant bastard. Okay, cool. It's called Rocket. There are big malts and it's big like rocks in huh? there, and it will blast you off. <laughs> um, and, and that California Common anchors up. That's a great name. Uncertain what the future will be on Anchor's Brewery right now, but it's a nice nod to them. Yeah, that and that style is one that's near and dear to me. I homebrewed that for years okay. and really tried to, you know, enter in competitions and yeah. get better at it and everything. And that is definitely a homebrew recipe that has oh, yeah. rolled up. And it's I a love, good one to always have around. It is a great everyday drinker type of a beer. Yep, it's a nice amber beer with uh, showcases northern brewer hops. Yep. so it gives you a little bit of. The, earthy, a little bit of minty character. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. So it's a little bit of a unique hop, but it's not hoppy like an IPA. Right. It's got its own mm-hmm. it's got its own character. 
And then I would also mention the Bolt Golden Ale. Uh-huh. That would be your straight up classic golden ale with a touch of hoppiness. Okay. That's another one that along with the far shores, if you just want to come in with friends and yeah. and hang out, you can have a couple of those. That's four point eight percent. It's an easy drinker as well. Yeah. Cool. I see on the 12th of November, you have a beer school scheduled. What would that entail? So that is going to be a beer education and you can sign up for it. It's a paid event. You get to uh, have a flight with our certified Cicerone on staff, Sandy Hugel. Oh, okay. Great. We know Sandy. Yep. So she's going to run that and she's going to take you through a set of beers yeah, And then you get a pint afterwards, and then you have to deal with me and the brewery. I'll do a brewery tour. Great. Um, yeah, so that's nice. You kind of get the beer side and then the okay. operational side. Yeah. Well, this podcast will definitely air before that event. So if that interests you, please come on down. It sounds fun. And Sandy, only been into beer for a few years, but she's certainly taken a crash course. She's very knowledgeable. So that'd be a great person to lead that. Yes, absolutely. We have a certified beer server on staff who will be helping with that as well. So we really are trying to kind of drive our staff to be knowledgeable. And when people have questions, they can provide good information. It generates a good conversation. And that's part of what we want to be about. Yeah, it's good. Be knowledgeable, Pat. You can get one of those little stickers with the B on it. Be knowledgeable. (laughs) Pass those out of class. We could do that. We could do that. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say thank you to the Columbus community for coming out and supporting. And, you know, thank you to the Sideswipe regulars who have adopted Thunderwing. Oh, that's great. And yeah. people that come out here are great. And the, the people that come out on a regular basis are fantastic. We're getting to know them. And we're also meeting new people that are coming out and, and seeing Thunderwing for the first time. Yeah. We have a lot of passion for this. And we love sharing it. And just looking forward to meeting more people and having people come out. I've met you before, but it's good to come and meet you for our listeners today. Certainly looking forward. I think we might have to knock out one of the strong ales before we take off. I think that might be required. Yeah. But let me just also say to everyone, if you haven't come out here and visited Thunderwing Brewing, it was definitely worth a trip. So get on out to the west side and uh, get yourself a Far Shores and a rocket uh, while you're out here. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Jason. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Man, next month, Pat, keeping this English tradition going, talk about cask ales, and that's going to take us out to Delaware, right? I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Stoss Brewing, and uh, what a nice little mom and pops that is. I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us this month, and we will see you next month for our continued tour of the British Isles. Yeah, go to your local, get you a mild.